Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Good enough job of getting the ball out on time and getting it to our playmakers and you know holding on to the ball is uh, not gonna be too great most of the time. So I gotta do a better job, but there's a lot to learn from, a lot to get better from. Yeah, Josh Allen is going to be starting probably, looks like maybe. Uh, he was had his first start in week three. It was not pretty for our boy Josh Allen. Part of the job of becoming an NFL quarterback, there's so much to it. I think it's the hardest job in all the sports. You could, of you course could you do. It. it is. I wonder why he's you saying have, that. <laughs> all right. You have to learn a system. You have to learn how to execute the system. And you have to learn how to be a leader of men. And it's very clear to me that Josh Allen is way over his head. So now the Bills are probably going to be looking at Nathan Peterman or A.J. McCarron as other options. But for any Bills fan that's any sense of worry right now, relax. It's way too early to be judging these rookie quarterbacks and saying, all right, this is going to be what he looks like in the future. This is just the rough draft of what you're going to see. And Josh Allen was drafted because of his potential not exactly what he did on the field at Wyoming because he was up and down all over the place the Wyoming the scouts fell in love with him because he's 6'5 240 pounds but you know it's 2018 right Danny I do. okay I do. so it's what have you done for me now yes it's not lately <laughs> we're not waiting for rookies he's not very good with the media he's he's a work in progress like he really a lot is. of progress I, needed well so I was I was probably the most concerned about Josh Allen and he was absolutely he's the risk versus reward pick right because I think there is a lot of risk with him but because of his arm talent because of his athleticism he does have the highest upside to me that's why I was totally okay with teams passing on him I, I probably would have passed on him because there's a couple things when you're at Wyoming you're not playing against the best talent and you're also not having to deal with the scrutiny that comes with if you're a quarterback at Alabama or Oklahoma or other places that are bigger schools where you're just you're used to dealing with the media a little bit more. I think that's one of the things also that Josh Allen is learning how to deal with, too. I'm looking for other stuff, too. I want to see composure. I want to see where his head is in terms of does he think he believes he should be there? A lot of players say it and they have this bravado, right? And then they come into camp, and they're surrounded by talent, and all of a sudden they sort of seize up. And I just hope that doesn't happen to them. So that's what I'd like to look for, too, because I like to, you know, the stats were bad. You were asking me, is it, is it good, is it to, good have, to have more yards sacked than pro- yards completed? Probably not for he. They had 39. No evaluator. I'm just only, curious. And only 34 pass yards uh, when you look at his uh, stats. I don't even like to look at the stats in the preseason. I like to look at a quarterback's presence, his eyes, his composure. How does he get in and out of the huddle? And like you're saying, like you see a lot of quarterbacks come out there deer in the headlights. They just look completely lost. And I don't think it's been that bad for Josh Allen. Although when he gets sacked five times, he did look. And then he gets knocked out of the game. with. And they said it was maybe a concussion, not a concussion. It just looked like it was a mercy benching. Like, let's get him out. Let's let him take a breather. And I think that could have longer lasting. But as a quarterback, could you avoid a sack? Because when I watch that, yes. I'm thinking, get rid of the ball. Yes. Just with the rules, throw it out of bounds and save yourself from getting hit. That is one of the parts of learning to play quarterback in the NFL. And he hung on to the ball too long at Wyoming, and that's what's carried over now. Self-preservation, to, isn't it? Yeah, but that's – oh, absolutely it is. And But there's – it's part of learning. And that's one of the things where I thought Josh Allen needed to work on. And you don't just – it just doesn't happen. Like, you can't just coach somebody. Some things are just – it's what they fall back on. Like guys innately will hold on to the ball too long. And he was 
inaccurate in college, held on to the football too long, and tried to make too many circus plays. We've seen all three of those issues crop up in the preseason as well. Don't you think that in Wyoming he's doing that more because he's not at Alabama? And he's trying to get himself attention. So he feels as though, hey, if I throw the ball out of bounds, all of a sudden people are going to say, oh, yeah, no wonder you're at Wyoming. So I'm going to try the circus act. But the truth is, as evaluators, we see talent, not the college name. Yes, you are correct. Uh, the NFL preseason, are you a fan? Um, I'm trying to decide. <laughs> Hold on. Wait for it. Was it 27-3 with eight turnovers last night, Hannah? Yeah, it was eight? Ugly. It was I can't ugly. believe I watched Zero plays of that. What would you do with it? Like, cause I don't, I think it serves a purpose, but I don't think you need four games. I think if you did two games, I think it would be plenty of time. Cause I was a guy who needed the preseason. I needed to prove my value. I needed to make the team and the preseason. So there is, it is a good, you know, place for younger guys to learn. Um, you know, competitions to play out if you don't yep. know who your starters are going to be, but, I still look at these games, and when I see Tom Brady on the field, I just shake my head and say, "26 pass attempts." Yeah, is that the case? Yeah. Now that was through the. And he hasn't played much, but he did go out there and put him out in the field and had him throw it around a lot, and they protected him somewhat with shorter passes. You know, full. Did he have the red jersey on? No, that's what I would. I, that's what I would have asked for. You know, like I think that I do think that is not a bad option. And fans could cry about it, but I would put the quarterbacks in different color jerseys. Well, fans aren't crying, right? You can bet preseason no matter who's <laughs> got the red jersey. And here's how we use spring training. It is for players to get ready. That's one side. And the other side is for the 22nd to the 25th man to be decided. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's one or two competitions per spring training. So I'm wondering, can't you go to the football player and say to Brady, how many attempts do you need? How many reps do you actually need? And that's how much he should play. Right. And I think that's it. You the know how many Brady needs? Zero. He's the greatest to ever play the game. And so but maybe he's got a rhythm. Maybe he needs a game. He does. Maybe and he's he needs a guy a- who actually goes in there and says it. But why can't you get that game in the first game of the season? And so what if you lose that one game and it costs you because he was a little bit rusty? Isn't that better than if you lost Brady no. for the whole season? No, I don't agree because every football game is 10 baseball games. Keep yeah. that in mind. Yeah. Would you just sit out sit out your best player for the first 10 games of the season? I wouldn't sit him out. Because he wasn't ready? I wouldn't sit him out. I would have him play. But I think if he's a little bit rusty, it's better than not having him. You know what I mean? Only if you want to be fired as the GM. I think <laughs> that's, that's a right. great plan. Because well, when I look at the preseason, I think it's bad because there's only a couple things that happen. And they're all bad. Like, you can get tuned up. That's a pretty good thing. But you can get you can get hurt. Um, you know, you, you have guys perform bad, like we're seeing with Josh Allen, then he has to overcome these issues. People start to wondering in games that don't matter. And you have injuries like happened, uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars because one of their better receivers, Marquise Lee, gets, you know, hit during the game. It was you a see nasty, that hit? It was awful. It was gross. And I agree with Jalen Ramsey. That he did it because of the new rule. Absolutely. That so, is such a crock. So the You're Falcons, falling for that? I, no, I'm not falling for it. I'm absolutely spot on. I'm gonna, Jalen Ramsey speaks his mind and he speaks the truth. He said, you can't be mad at 27, number 27. He was talking about Demonte Casey. You have to be mad at the NFL. Not mad at them, but how this, uh, that is how the rule is. People are scared to tackle normal because I guess they don't want to get helmet to helmet flag. He is 100% spot on. The NFL players have no idea what is going on. All they know is that if they hit anywhere helmet-to-helmet contact, they're going to get flagged for a 15-yard penalty. In some cases, they're going to get fined a lot of money. So defenders are like, what do you want us to do? So they're going to start going for your knees, and you're going to see more and more injuries like this one, and it's awful for the game. But if you're a defender and you're going low like that, you're also risking injury to yourself. 
I really believe that because you're doing it in a way that you have not been taught and a way you haven't done for your entire career, however many years from high school to college to the pros. So I think that's just a big excuse. I think he heard him. It happens. Mm-hmm. I don't think that you're thinking – and you know what? You play football. Let me ask you this. Are you thinking about a rule as there's a huge guy bearing down on you? You're holding onto the ball too long. You're trying to make the team in the preseason. Are you thinking, all right, I got to be very careful. I can't throw it out of bounds. Past the line of scrimmage, I'm going to get a 15-yard penalty. Are you thinking any of that? Yes. Come on, man. I promise you. So let, I'll give you a specific instance. So in the NFL, there was a rule to protect the quarterbacks where if you're outside the pocket, all you have to do is get to the line of scrimmage. Once I started scrambling around and I'm still going through my progressions looking for a guy, I knew in the back of my mind all I had to do was throw it to the line of scrimmage and it was going to save us a sack or a penalty. And I knew that's all I had to do. So I think there are some circumstances where there is time to process that. For these defenders, I don't, I don't think, think it's time. in a split second. I don't think there's time. I think it's... All of a sudden, the target now, as opposed to being the head, chest, like upper body area, the target is changing where they're just going to start going low. Are you taught to tackle with your head first? No, you're supposed to tackle shoulder. See what you're you're seeing. See what you're seeing and yep. you go in with the shoulder. So what's the issue? There's a rule you that you can't go with their knees. That's the issue. No, but you're supposed to go in. You can still go numbers and above. You just have to go with your shoulder. Right. Which is how you're taught to tackle. <laughs> That's the rule of see tackling. See what you hit. See what you hit. But you gotta see it. You don't I'll lead with up. your head. But by, but your head is the biggest part of your body that's going to, it's going to, it's the heavier part of your body that's going to lead the direction you're going. Let me check going. WebMD. I'm hearing from <laughs> right. Canal, the head is the biggest part of your body. <laughs> the heaviest. I'll correct that. So Casey actually went to Twitter after he said, before I go out in the field, I pray for both teams to stay healthy. I was just trying to make a football play. I will never ever try to hurt anyone. I just want to reach out to you, bro, and tell you that you're in my prayers every day. Good for him to reach out that he didn't blame the rules. Jalen Ramsey did. The good news for Marquise Lee is he did just sign a four-year $38 million deal <laughs> with $16 million guaranteed. So if there's any consolation, like That's it's great. the worst. When you see a guy who's trained all offseason to get hurt this early, like it stinks. Like it's the worst part of football. It's part of the game. But every guy would like to be carried, you know, know that at least financially they're going to be okay. So we'll have to see. They should play baseball. Then you're guaranteed every dollar. Oh yeah. From the beginning. Tell me about it. Don't rub that in because there's a lot of money I didn't get because it wasn't guaranteed. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I will cry about it. Uh, so there was another guy who, uh, he doesn't have that many issues financially, but he's about to have a whole lot less issues financially. That is Aaron Donald because according to Pro Football Talk, uh, he is close to inking a deal in the neighborhood of $22 million a year. And this is what you always have to listen for. It's the guaranteed. guaranteed. It's eighty million. It's too guaranteed. much. Too much for there because why? No, because for me on the football field, there is no one player other than the elite of the elite quarterbacks mm-hmm. who's worth that amount. He doesn't change the game to the level of twenty-two million dollars per year. So I think no matter does. what your payroll is, I think he's I think he's the best defensive player in the NFL. So I think, and but I think that window or that uh, definition is very small of a defensive player who would command that much money. And I do think Aaron Donald fits that description. But can one player win a Super Bowl? The way LeBron, you no, go to a team. only a quarterback. Only a quarterback. I agree. Only you a need a hot quarterback. Great defenders can get you far, but I'm not allocating that much of my payroll to one guy. Yeah. Especially in football where injuries are just far more common. They had to Way do too something, much guarantee. though, or else they were going to lose him. They could have let him go. It's better to let go of a superstar a year too early than a year too late. What if it's right in his prime? It's not even a question. Oh, for a question. <laughs> right. So that's the problem. Like, he still has many productive. I hear what you're saying, and I totally get it. 
but there's almost a point where from a public perception point, like you don't want to lose your fan base and they're going to say, why, why'd we let this guy go? And somebody else would always pay him. But that is one of the biggest challenges in the NFL is managing that salary cap, paying the right guys. And a lot of times the teams that end up winning Super Bowls, it's because they luck into it. Like the Seahawks, well, they luck, but they drafted, they uh, drafted Russell well, Wilson. they performed. Exactly. And, but they, they got, good play calling. when they were winning their Super Bowls, Russell Wilson was making, you know, $500,000. Now that he's this $100 million quarterback, they've had challenges. Maintaining the salary cap. Allocation. Players around. Absolutely. So that's a, that's a big uh, challenge for them. Did you know it was week zero in college football? Do you even know that's a thing now? Yeah. So I didn't realize. So I'm, I'm preparing for the show at two o'clock this morning. <laughs> All right. And I'm looking at week zero and I was thinking, I've n- actually never heard of that. Does that mean there's a week minus one and that was last week? I, well, I bet it happens before long because TV networks will do Just whatever they can going. to get a game and they can behave. There's no one watching TV live at 8 a.m. It's <laughs> exactly. week minus one. <laughs> Tune into Canal. <laughs> So you might happen. It might happen. And hey, I would do it. I'll broadcast if they put it For out an extra there. Dollar. So week week uh zero just kind of a little flavor gives you a little taste, kind of gets you amped up for it because we do have week one, and I am pumped up. Do you have a college football team that you root for? Are you a Canes guy? No. Where'd you go to school? Wisconsin. I'm a Badger. Really? I'm a Badger. Nice. I did not know that. I think I did Wisconsin not actually. Has a really good chance this year. They have a really good chance to finish in the top five. <laughs> like they which do is, almost which every is what season. they do. That's I think my one guys. Of these years, because they keep just, because they play in the weaker division in the Big Ten. They play in the Big Ten West. One of these years, they're going to get to the Big Ten championship game and they're going to win it. Like they're going, it's going to happen. Uh, I like the, the Canes. I'm happy they're in the top ten. Guy. Of course. I'm yeah. a local guy. I follow the Canes. I like their coach. I like their players. I like that the program is cleaned up. I don't like the fact that they're giving three on the road to LSU to start the season. So, I'm worried about that game for Mark Richt. He's my he's my guy. He was my quarterback coach. My offensive coordinator was one of the reasons I went to Florida State. This is a tricky game for them, and it's in prime time. It's the only game in town on Sunday night, and I think LSU is a. I think it's a game Miami should win, and that's almost a tougher spot to be in. Like there's a pressure on Miami, especially the way they finished last season when they had such a strong showing, and then they lose their last three games in a row, including their bowl game to Wisconsin. This is a, it's almost, it feels like a must win game for them. Those low spreads on the road are sucker games. Yeah. You feel like, oh God, it's the eighth ranked hurricanes. Right. right. Only three points. This right. is amazing. Right. And Ellis, so the part, the, the part I'm, uh, the position group I'm worried about is the trenches. It's the big boys up front. Can, can Miami's offensive line handle LSU's defensive front? And I don't, it's been an area they've they've been recruiting to. They've been trying to kind of shore up that middle of the offense and defensive line. Can they do it against LSU? Bama's it's I I, I can't crush their scheduling because Louisville was good when they had Lamar Louisville. Jackson. Louisville, you like that? You like you got, you got the correct like that's how they say it in Louisville. Louisville. Yeah, uh, they're gonna blow out Louisville because they can't help that they don't have Lamar Jackson anymore. Michigan Notre Dame is probably the game. I'm watching that one. Everyone, I think everyone is the same boat. It's a big game. I think people are sleeping on Notre Dame a little bit too. I just feel like they're flying under the radar. And I think in large part it's because they're an independent. They don't have a, you know, a media days where you start talking about them and it's, you know, the conference, the SEC, Pac-12. Because they're independent, I feel like it hurts them in today's environment. You know what Steve Ross is thinking right now? He's thinking how many more bad seasons until I get Harbaugh fired? That's what he's thinking. And you start off with a road loss in Notre Dame. Yep. Notre Dame. Yep. I think that it starts getting people a little nervous. I am with you because I felt like Jim Harbaugh 
was like the splashiest hire in college football. God. Everybody loved it three years ago. God, right? he was the god. Yes, absolutely. Then I think two years ago, I thought you saw, and eh, the college football world was like, all right, we're over it a little it bit. It was a one year exception. And then they they said, don't forget that it was right? a bad year. He's right? still the greatest. And then last year. I think even guys like Stephen Ross, Michigan alum, started to look and say, all right, where's our return on investment? Like, we're paying this guy seven million bucks a year. He's out there talking a lot of trash. Where, when's he going to start backing it up? When are we going to start beating Ohio State and Michigan? To me, this State? is his year to Absolutely. either do it or it's going to be over. Totally agree with you. And they just had a big blow to their uh, offenses. Uh, Tariq Black uh, might have broken his foot again in practice. So that could be a big blow to their offense, which again, when you bring in Jim Harbaugh, he's an offensive-minded coach who coaches quarterbacks. Their defense has been the thing they've hung their hat on. Their offense has been very average. So even more so, I think that puts pressure on him to develop. I'm wondering how much he enjoys recruiting. To me, that's a what you you don't talk about that a lot, right? Recruiting right. is really hard. Oh, right. You have it's to the pound grind. the pavement. It's a grind. And I never viewed Harbaugh as a grinder. I viewed him as a guy who enjoyed watching him. I think he grinds as a the, coach. Yeah, the X's and O's. But by the way, you have to get the players to do the X's and O's. Yeah. It's sort of like being a camp director. You have to recruit campers. It's not good enough to run a good waterfront. Right. You actually have to find people to come to your camp. Right. And Harbaugh is in a position where he has to do that, and he's now through a class. Yeah. So this he's is through not, a couple, and he so still he still has a, yet another quarterback transfer he's got that he named the starter. Shea Patterson comes in from Ole Miss. I think he's going to be good. But he's had a bunch of quarterbacks who we thought were going to be good. And no he more, I think, Danny. This, never. Yeah, exactly. We're going to be sitting here in about three months. <laughs> when, and we'll see. Watching a press conference. Oh, don't say that. You, you, your prediction right here? I'm telling you, this is our last season at Michigan. Whoa. I've all been right. thinking about it all off season, watching and listening to the powers that be of the boosters. Yep. Can you say boosters on the radio? Yeah. The boosters for Michigan? Yep. I think this is it. Bam. You heard it right here first on Off the Bench. You heard it live. Coaches on the hot seat right there. <laughs> Unless, of course, they win the Big Ten and make the playoff. Then he's safe. No pressure at all for Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. None for all right, me. Coming up, we got to break down baseball because some of these uh, playoff races are fascinating. It's getting really close down the stretch. And we have a, a boxer who walked out of a ring. you got to see this. I'll tell you why. Amazing. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. That's coming up next on Off the Bench. I don't know how many times I can answer this question. But no, I mean, I mean, what's when the, when they clear him, when they clear him, he'll be cleared. But I mean, you have some idea of when that might be. I'm not going to put you. I'm not going to put myself in a box. I'm not going to put my quarterback in a box. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go on a limb, and I'm not going to say him, that. Doug. Get him. So either either it's ask it a grumpy. different way, or otherwise, I'm I'm you're going to get the same answer. Boom. And that's what I would tell him too. Like I'm, I'm on Doug Peterson's side on this one. He's so cranky already. It's the preseason. Yeah, but it's, but he's why he wants to get the regular season here and get it started. I, I get the dynamic, the back and forth where the media has a job to do. But when you know that a coach does not want to give you, can you give up after one question? No. Like after one time? No, no. you still have to pepper him. Your job is to get, <laughs> by the way, what side of the aisle it. are you on right Clearly, now? I'm on the coach's aisle for sure. And the player's eye. I'm still, I'm, I'm still a player coach guy. You've always been that. <laughs> right. But now you're on the other side. No, I'm not. I still defend. You have to, you have to get an answer. It's your job. They got their answer. He said, no, he said, I can't tell you. That's not an answer. That's <laughs> yes. a deflection. All right. And he did it. If he had done it in a nicer, jocular way. He, the first one was nice. I found it to be unpleasant. <laughs> I did. He's still, maybe he's still, uh, he's still, uh, figuring his ring is weighing down his arm from the Super Bowl ring. <laughs> maybe that's why he's grumpy right there. Uh, so there was a boxer. 
out there, big fight, comes out there, and uh, you have to see what he did because he wasn't happy with his pay. So what do you do if you're if you're not happy with your pay? You you don't go, you don't play, right? So here we go. Here's big match taking place, big boxing bout. Get ready. Looks good. He's got the hair done up. By the way, ready to go. I'm scared a little bit. Yeah, I wouldn't want to get in the ring right? with that dude. Yeah, go tap gloves. Bell's gonna ring. Wait for it. Still has the game face on, like he's he's intimidating. He's still right there. He's still doing that. Looks like oh, Rocky. And then walks out. That's of it. The ring. That'll so, do it. He wasn't happy with his pay. Do you know what do you think he's getting paid for this move? Well, nothing. He violated <laughs> exactly. his contract. He's getting zero so, now. So who's the winner? Like if everybody's like, yeah, don't take that. Who's can the- I give you an alternate yeah. thing that happened there? What? It had nothing to do with the pay. All right, what was it? I think it had to do with the fact that he didn't think he could spend money once he was dead. <laughs> because he was about I to get crushed? He looked in Maybe there. That was it. He was and scared. he realized I shouldn't have had four Big Macs last <laughs> night. Yeah. And I'm about to get my ass kicked. That could have been it too. So I'm leaving. Right. And then you don't get the loss on your, you know, win-loss column. You just say, hey, I was disgruntled. Maybe that's what and it And I was. had a tummy ache. Yeah. <laughs> didn't, you, <laughs> didn't you see his tweets? <laughs> yeah. Is that what he said? Yeah. No. <laughs> that would be great if he and did. a rumbly in his <laughs> tumbly. <laughs> What a chicken. By the way, what would you have done? If I walked in the ring with that guy, Yeah, I'm running. I'm not walking. I'm running <laughs> Depends away. Depends on what they pay you. If they pay me the right amount, I'll stand in there with them. Would you for $5 million? Yes. Like right now, I'd go in with no training and say, let's go. I'd go toe-to-toe with somebody for you sure. You realize that you'd be in the hospital? No, I can cover. I can I can duck and cover. That's all Floyd Mayweather does is run around the ring. I could do that for sure. With Morales going – like It's it, hard. It's the annals of like what is a, the accomplishments that are out there. I've spoken to Don Manley about that because I was fascinated doing eight in a row. And from his it, point of view – What's about him is you don't picture him as a power guy. Oh, Don Mattingly. Do you remember him, number 23 for the Yankees? He was my favorite player. such a sweet – Oh, it was beautiful. Left side to the porch in Yankee Stadium. Hold on. <laughs> I had his, I had his poster up in my room when he was in the pinstripes wearing like the pinstripe suit and he had the, the bat like it was a machine gun and it said the hitman like he was a mobster. That's funny. I had Farrah Fawcett in the red swimsuit. <laughs> that was the poster in my room. <laughs> that was yours. I don't I know. I wonder if, if our allowed. career trajectories have been different because of that very fact. <laughs> That's, it could have been. It could have been. What, what we were looking for for inspiration was different. I think it worked out all right for you, though. <laughs> Either way, so. it hasn't sucked. So I, uh, it's hard, right? Yeah. So at six, at five, you're not thinking about it. Here's right. how home run streak goes. Two games, three games, you're like, I feel I'm pretty hot, but no big deal. Four games, this is fun. Five games, people are talking and you're into it. Six games, still okay. You go into your seventh game, all of a sudden, if I get one tonight, that means tomorrow I could tie the record. Yep. So the seventh one is impossible. And Morales did it. But now it's the absolutely unachievable. Right. Three guys ever have been able to step up in game eight. Maddenly talked about game eight to me and said that he got into this crazy zone. Because if you try to hit home runs, you're not going to do it. Right. So what he did is as the streak continued, he tried less and less for the big swings. But in today's game, everyone's doing launch angle. Everyone's doing home run or strikeout. So it's interesting what Morales' headspace is tonight. For me... I think that he has no pressure. He already has the Blue Jays record. He's 35, overperforming on a terrible team. And tonight, he just goes for it. I hope the Orioles pitchers give him a chance. Yeah, that's the thing that you always worry about, too, is that the other team might get a little bit cautious. They don't want the guy it's doesn't not want under the his guy control. to get up. Exactly. Um, it's one thing to go for streaks. Another thing to, to fight for the playoffs, right, from a team perspective. The Cardinals have been on fire. And I remember asking you about the difference in this team since they fired Mike Matheny. But they've had the best record in the second half of baseball. Can this run continue? Like, how far can this team go? I've never seen a team so hot 
for so long after a managerial change since we did it in 03, actually, with Jack McKeon. But these guys, they're just good. And they're getting performance from young guys. And Carpenter's becoming an MVP-type player. And Ozuna's on the DL with a shoulder issue, which he's had for years and years and years. He can't throw a ball 20 feet, but he's trying to get better. What I liked was the bottom right there. Five and one road trip. It's hard to win on the road, and they played against two good teams. And when I see that, that means a team's for real. So I'm looking at their schedule going forward. I don't think they have enough to catch the Cubs. I think they have enough to host an actual wild card game. What do you, what does it tell you? Like, does it tell you anything about Matheny? Like, to me, because when I was reading some of the stuff, it looked like it was a toxic environment. He wasn't talking to Fowler. You know, there was just some issues within the clubhouse, and it's almost like they've been, like, freed, and they can it's, just go out and have fun. Have you ever had a coach lose? who you stopped listening to? Yes. <laughs> that's it. A couple of them, yeah. Um, that's a conversation ender. Right. And now that now they can go out there. As a front just... office guy, we see that. Right. So we can tell when a manager has lost the clubhouse. Uh there was a time when the A's uh caught the Astros. They were, you know, even in the in the race. Do you think that the A's will be able to catch the Astros in their uh division race? No, the Astros are a better team. Right. And over a course of a baseball season, the better team is going to win most of the time. But don't take anything away from the A's. But what we talked about is that they had such a streak going. How do you maintain that? Mm-hmm. And I thought about that with the Rockies as well in the NL West. How do you maintain that level of play? Remember, we are about to start September. This is when you separate the the men from the boys. And when we start to realize who is really going to have a chance in October. And the team who has a chance is the hottest team. And wait to see who it's going to be. Is there anybody you're worried about that you look at in these races that might look like they have a chance and you, you think there's no way they have a chance? <clears throat> the Dodgers. Yeah. Everyone's so excited about the Dodgers. They're two and a half back now. They're great. Since they got Machado, they're just not playing as well as they have. But everyone's sure they're going to do it. But I'm worried that everyone is having these expectations that uh, basically their rotation's writing checks that they just can't afford to cash. All right, should be fun to watch as the uh, definitely the fun every down. day. Yeah, there's a series this week that you should check out in between week zero of college football <laughs> right. and the NFL preseason. <laughs> right, you've got the Astros and the A's. All right, perfect. They're playing each yeah. other. Oh, that's perfect. We were uh, just talking about. Yeah, it. absolutely. It's like you knew that. that exactly. I did. You know, see how we're doing this year? The wheels are spinning, no doubt. <laughs> uh, I got in a little bit of uh, trouble over the weekend. We're gonna have to find out why. Hannah's gonna cut us caught up in uh, what did I do now? It's coming up next on Off the Bench time for our favorite part of the Monday show. What did Danny do? Now, Danny, this is where we get to make fun of you from what you did over the weekend. You should be better at this point. You just well, you keep doing it. I feel like there's pressure building on me to do something. So now I'm like, I got to tweet something. I have to okay. put something on Instagram. Is this about what you tweet that isn't funny? No, it's not not funny. Because I think it's just it's mean sometimes. All right, so here we go. All right. (laughs) David, you can see this. So the NCAA official record book recognized UCF as co-national championships. Now, obviously, Danny was pleased with this one. He congratulated the Knights on Twitter. He said, congrats to the 2017 national champs, hashtag UCF, hashtag Bama. So all is good in the world, right? I'm I'm all about positivity. Like, I'm I'm congratulating (laughs) both teams. That's that's positive. But, of course, you know, in Danny Twitter fashion, he didn't really stop there. So he, he followed up with this one. He said, just a quick history lesson to all the SEC fanboys and some analysts who are saying Bama would throttle UCF. You said the same thing about Auburn, and then it was, of course, well, Auburn didn't want to. 
Auburn didn't want to be there. All I do is speak the truth, David. That's all I do. Is <laughs> the history the lesson is the fact that the UCF hist- beat Auburn. Auburn beat Bama. Yes. Therefore, UCF beats Bama under the transfer property. Even, so I'm not even giving it the transfer property because there are obviously some responses of the, the lovely like it's Gator so fans. Good. Love me. You're such a tool. Uh, this guy always giving me a good old LOL. He must be a UCF fan. Those guys are like God UCF bless you, needs Danny. to throw me up for hugs. <laughs> Wait, this I next, do. This next one's my favorite. He said, man, you just can't help yourself on this stuff. I think you're right in regards to the phony titles, but trolling is your drug. <laughs> there might be some truth in that. I might need it to get through a weekend sometimes. So Bama has now has 21 championships. That's not true. They count 17, and they only have 12. They already overcount their championships. Uh, there's a Bama fan. See that? Congratulations. Danny Boy, twice there. I don't even know what he that means. He calls you the Homer Simpson of college what is football. That? What's RTR? Danny what does Boy. that mean? What is RTR? <laughs> we got to get you dialed into the college football lingo. Roll Tide Roll. Roll Tide Roll. I get roll. a whole lot of those. So <laughs> just so Hannah and David know what's going on. I've only rolled. I've never rolled a Tide. You haven't? No, I don't think I have either. <laughs> so what, what my whole purpose of this is, is I think there should be an 18 playoff. There's only four, thus UCF gets screwed. So we can say Alabama would have, you know, would have blown out UCF. And they probably would have. I probably would have picked to Alabama. But we don't know because they don't get the opportunity. That's my whole purpose behind the trolling. It's to change college football. There's a method to my madness. I, I can't even see what your method was behind that. <laughs> All right, well, you got to. I don't feel like you accomplished. Following long, no, I, but I now, follow you, but I just sort of dismiss it. the best time of year because my Twitter feed just turns into like a really seedy message board with like college football fans just yelling at each other. That's what it turns into. All right, Hannah, let's have some fun though because I think we're getting we're getting too into the weeds on my timeline. What yes. do you have for us in uh, socially relevant? Yes, you can take a deep breath now. Your spotlight right. time is up. So, okay, right, it looks like Justin Verlander is paying the price for beating the Dodgers in last year. World Series. So the Houston Astros superstar ordered a big breakfast over the weekend at some Beverly Hills restaurant, but he got charged, you can see it there, an extra million dollars for being a quote Dodger killer. So guys, take a look at this receipt like really well because I have to say, in my opinion, the worst part about this whole thing is that the actual cost of his meal, yeah, $30 for one pancake. What is that? How about the tax? The $95,000 tax on the bill. I want to know how two eggs are $28. I can buy a chicken coop for that. This place must be good. Oh, it's it at is. a hotel. And the hotels always jack the up. Beverly Hills Hotel, yeah, actually. Yeah, I've been there. Uh, and it's, it's, uh, it's a pretty crazy place. Yeah. Because what you're doing is you're paying to be seen. Yeah. And you're paying, that's the premium. We're paying right there. One was just million all dollars. Over LA. Like she was, she was just gallivanting all around LA. She was probably there at the Beverly I've never seen Hannah gallivant. Oh, oh yeah. no, I gallivant. I definitely, I, I can't can't a lot wait. of that. This just weekend. follow her on Instagram. That's all you'll see is gallivanting. It's great. But not at the RTR. Hotel. I do not live the same life as Justin Verlander. Let me tell you that. Mine <laughs> no. was very different. My eggs cost $5. There you go. <laughs> are, you, are you a, are you a youth hostel gallivanter? No, she's no. definitely not. <laughs> no. She's definitely not. <laughs> we're going to do a whole segment. Yes no, we're just going to have to do a whole segment on Hannah's trip to LA. Just yeah. like her trips, plural. Oh, we'll yeah. Have to do oh, that. gosh. You say that like I make so many trips. Okay. <laughs> well, this wasn't the only restaurant taking shots this weekend. So a Maryland-based seafood restaurant decided to call out Zach Levine. And I've never even heard of this restaurant, guys. So this exchange began when a fan tweeted out a Jimmy's Famous Seafood and asked them to open up a restaurant in Chicago. So they joked that they would only open up this restaurant in Chicago if Michael Jordan comes out of retirement. But in response, they asked if they could swap MJ out with Zach Levine. And this is the response. So the restaurant said, how about you give us 78 million? million you wasted on Levine, oh. and we'd give you free crab cakes for life. 
Levine clapped back, saying, I'm allergic to shellfish. But Jimmy's Famous Seafood had the last laugh, they said, and defense. So, guys, I've never heard of this restaurant. Can they do less or what? Uh, if you're Zach Levine, you just take the L and move on. Like, that was a bad look for Zach. I was and kudos surprised. to Jimmy's Famous Seafood. Like, they got a strong social media game. Uh, they hired, you know who that is, right? They hired some one person. Right. Some millennial is there yeah. who may or may not have ever seen Michael Jordan play. Right. They don't know who Steve <laughs> Bartman is. That's true. And they are merely trying to get clicks and trolls and attention and we're giving it to him. And it works, but he's good. Like if you're good at it and you can make NBA stars look like that, then good for you. I just think that we're talking about it on this show. Come on. <laughs> we could have talked Yankees, Red Sox. We could have talked gallivanting with Hannah. Red Sox, Yankees for left. And over. we're talking about Zach Levine and Jimmy's Seafood's All crab because cakes. of some 23-year-old who's out there tweeting. That's an outrage. That's we're life. feeding into a canal, and I don't like it. That's life Danny, you need to get tips from the 23-year-old out there tweeting. <laughs> oh, <laughs> now Hannah's handing me L's. That's not right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Honestly, my goal is to be on that segment, What Did Danny Do Now? One day, I will clap back and I'll you can do it, Hannah. You can do it. <laughs> right. All right. So last one. You guys mentioned earlier in the show week zero. Well, Hawaii was the first big upset in the college football season during week zero. So check out these helmets. Twitter was obsessed with the look of these helmets. How, what do you guys think of these? They're fresh. They're really good. I like them a lot. You like them? I love Hawaii. I love the islands. And I think it's quite good. I don't like the triangles on the back, though. What? You don't. Really? Like the, yeah. I don't know what those are for. Hannah, you like them, right? No, I'm a huge fan. I love that um, look. Yeah, I think it's, I actually have uh, my buddy, Nick Rolovich. We were on uh, the Broncos together. He's the head coach there. He's younger. Like, he's crazy, like, to bring attention to the school because they need that. Like, they're they're so far removed. Well, that's just the islands of Hawaii. It's not like epic. I know. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to get to that. He brought a Britney Spears impersonator to his media days. Like, and he traveled all the way to Rhode Island and had her, like, walk around with him just to bring. Like, he's, he's out there a little bit, which is a good thing for Hawaii. But I like the helmets. I think they look good. I like them. They must travel a lot, right? Oh my gosh. Like it's like <laughs> a little bit, just far. They need to find like a home and home with, uh, the other Alaska. Yes. That'd be good. Home and home. All right. We got to get uh, caught up to speed on our fantasy football because it's getting to be that time of the year. A lot of people going through their drafts, trying to set their rosters. We're getting closer and closer to the regular season. So let's bring a- our fantasy expert because you and I need some help in this area, yes, right? Yes, we do. I got a draft coming up. Oh, you do. All Big right. Time. Perfect. So we got Dave Richard. Uh, Dave, how's it going, buddy? What's going on, Danny? What's going on, David? I, I got a question for both of you. You don't mind me uh, all right. hijacking it a little bit? Let's do it. Danny, Not at all. Did you get a chance to look at? Did you get a chance to look at Andrew Luck? And David, what do you think of like how the Colts have gone about moving Luck along uh, as far as the front office perspective? I'll start front office. I've been actually surprised what they're doing. They're letting him out of the cage, and they're parading him around as though he's fine and everything's good. And I wonder how much of that is marketing and sales versus how much of that is football acumen. They're, I think they're parading him around, like you're saying, but I think they're keeping a very tight leash on him. I still have some concerns, Dave, about the top-end throws, like the, the deeper throws, the 20-yard comeback on the sideline. I still haven't seen it yet. No, how about you? I, that's what... I agree with you, Danny, and I agree with you too, David. Like, I'm wondering if this is all just to try and get people to come to the game and, and buy back into being a Colts fan. But I haven't seen that zip on the throws to the sideline. The accuracy has been great. Um, we haven't seen him throw a ball more than 20 yards past the line of scrimmage this preseason. But I've talked with friends that cover the team. They say he's done it all the time in practice. So I'm I'm going to let that one slide. But yeah, the velocity 
it's down. It reminds me a little bit of Peyton Manning uh, at, at, when he first came back from the neck surgery. It took him a little bit to get that, that zip back on his passes. I still think Andrew Luck's going to be real good for fantasy. So do I pass I like on him or take him? With him? Do I What's pass that? on him or take him? I'll take him. I'll take him in round six, but I might get another quarterback with one of my last three picks just to be safe. Yeah, it's I, it's because Peyton Manning is what was you know the most cerebral quarterback we've ever seen in the game. He was able to adapt his game. He's one of the best anticipators. He knows exactly where he's going with the football. Where Andrew Luck, we've seen him improvise a lot more. He's trying to run around. He has to change his game and get to that point, or else he's not going to. And be there's able. cameras at practice, right, Dave? If he's throwing it <laughs> yeah. over twenty yards in practice, why aren't we seeing video? Well, you won't see the practice that type of video. No, the, the coaches film you wouldn't have access to. So that that could still be under wraps. Maybe. Maybe that's what they're doing. What about Adrian Peterson? What would you do with him? He actually got a lot of carries the other night. Looked like, you know, you don't want to say the old Adrian Peterson because that's pretty special. But would you take him? I'd say he looked like old Adrian Peterson. Not the old Adrian Peterson. <laughs> old Adrian Peterson. Just <laughs> old. Listen, kudos for him for, for playing, for running physically. Uh, you know, he was tough. He would get hard yards. Uh, I, I think his speed is just gone, though. I, I, the burst was very, very limited. Uh, his cuts were still there. That was nice to see. And I, I just can't help but think that if you draft him in fantasy, you better not reach for him. I'm thinking round nine or later. If someone else in your league gets excited because it's Adrian Peterson and they take him in round six, you know, send him a fruit basket because they're doing you a favor by taking him <laughs> that early. Not sure he's going to hold up. He definitely won't play on third downs. Uh, I, I feel like he's a little bit of fool's gold. I'm not buying into the hype at all. I, I see that as well, and I think giving him the ball seven times in a row in a preseason game is just to get his 56 yards in. I think it's just to help people draft him higher. I think that's the only reason they did that. That was it. That was the that game was plan. That was the whole game plan. <laughs> hey, where do you stand on the Jaguars wide receivers? I'm looking around and trying to figure them out with the injury now. What's happening? So if Marquise leaves out for the year, I would imagine that the targets will be dispersed a little evenly between the outside receivers. These are guys like D.D. Westbrook, Dante Moncrief, and rookie D.J. Shark. I think Keelan Cole could be the best one, though. He's their slot guy. Double-digit fantasy points in four of his last five games last year. Yes, that's with Blake Bortles. And, yeah, I think he's going to be that short area target within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage that Bortles can throw to, and he can make a play after the catch. Really talented, small little receiver that could be the best one in Jacksonville. Late-round pick on him for sure. Hey, Dave, appreciate it, man. Thanks, as always, for getting up early for us. You got it, guys. Great show, as always. Thanks, All right, Dave. appreciate it. All right, we got to do leftovers, and we might have to squeeze an extra topic in there because you're still giving me heat about the Yankees, Red Sox. We might have to have a bonus leftover with some legit baseball talk. That's coming up next on Off the Bench. All right, welcome back to Off the Bench. Danny Cannell and Rajar Bell, our boy David Sampson filling in, having a good time today. Uh, so we skipped over the biggest topic in baseball when we did our little baseball discussion earlier. So I'll give you the opportunity now. I thought I assumed what you were going to say. Are the Yankees going to catch the Red Sox? I'll just leave it there. That's the segment we have to catch up on. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Ready? <laughs> no, no, that's why. That's that enough why time? I went over it the first time. It's like I was twenty like, <laughs> seconds. <laughs> no, it's so interesting. Let's talk about okay. it. The Rays swept the Red Sox. Yep. First sweep of 2018. There's a, and while, meanwhile, the Yankees were sweeping the Orioles. Mm -hmm. So everyone in New York is all hurt. We're excited, <laughs> yeah. right? This is it. The back page of the New York Post. 
The Yankees are coming. The Yankees are coming. Guess what? They can't catch the Red Sox. It's too much. They do have six games against them, at least, so they want it to be within six. But the Red Sox will find a way. They lost a few in a row to the Rays, who can be the spoiler. The thing about the Yankees is they just don't have that pitching. You watched Severino last night. I'm sure you watched every pitch of that Dialed game. Dialed in, yep. Dialed, I mean, you were <laughs> <For> locked <sure. laughs> in. Yep. You remember? He pitched a complete game last night. Yep. No, he didn't. <laughs> he threw what? 87 pitches? He went for four hits. Five and two thirds. <laughs> he did. Rough game. So. Aren't we here watching? But here's what, here's what I said. Because it, it's the same thing you said about the Astros. The best team's gonna win out. Over that's time. Where I feel what it is. The Red Sox yeah. are just the better team. Yep. And when I watch the Yankees, I'm watching how they're playing their guys right now. What their lineup looks like. They've got Judge out. They've got Sanchez out. They've got Stanton with a little bit of a tweak in the hammy. They've got some issues. Yep. Zach Britton's been terrible yep. since he came from this the Orioles. This is one of the craziest rivalries of all, you know, I in the history it. of sports. So maybe it can get more interesting, but I'm with you. I think I'm rooting players. for the Yankees to win the wild card game because then they'll play the Red Sox in a series. And that'd be incredible. That would be fun. I'm going to have to go up for one of those games too. I'm sure. Uh, all right. Let's get some leftovers because we have uh, some college football news. College football week one is here. We've seen a lot of quarterback battles. Up in the air, we've had a couple teams actually name them before the game, which I actually appreciate coaches for doing that. A lot of them try to keep the other team in the dark, like, oh, it's a competitive advantage. Just tell them who Name it and let's go. So USC, they named a true freshman, uh, JT Daniels, who's been making waves. He's had a really impressive spring. He was the 2017 Gatorade National Player of the Year. And Clay Helton says, you know what? We're going to go ahead and roll him out there. I used to be... Very leery of true freshmen or redshirt freshman quarterbacks playing early and say, up oh, there goes the season. It's not going to be a good season. It's different now. It's totally different but now. Guys it? are so much ready. They're more ready to play now than they ever Isn't have. Isn't it weird to think about that three months ago, he was going to like... Right, prom and a lot of... Prom. Yes, Can we exactly. talk about that? He was but in a powder see, blue But here's tux. one of the things, though, that guys actually do now is they skip their prom. They skip their senior spring and they get in. And I hate that. Don't do from that. From a perspective of you're missing out on one of the you know best memories of I mean, look life. at Daniels. Right? He's a young That's the dude. best headshot they could come <laughs> right? up with? We got. He's going with a Baker Mayfield bandana on there. Like, yeah, we could do. We could use one a little bit. Uh, I never had anyone in my high school who looked like that. I did. I definitely. I wish I could have had some facial hair like that, or I would have gone the goatee. I couldn't even do it back then. Can you do uh, it now? <laughs> I can, but it's all gray, so I have to. I have to dye it. Uh, how about Scott Frost? So Scott Frost, new head coach in Nebraska, uh, risky implementing a new. Doing. Yeah, so he's actually going with another uh, true freshman, Adrian Martinez, and they like his skill set for the offense that Scott Frost wants to run. So he, again, another true freshman quarterback saying, all right, we're going to roll he's out. attaching his star to this freshman quarterback. Yes, he is. What he's saying is, I purposely recruited him. Mm-hmm. He's coming in for the offense that I have set up, and that's my job. I'm that guy. You've brought me here to do that. That's scary. Relying on an 18-year-old. But here's the best time to do it is when it's your first year and – the expectations are low. Like the, the Nebraska fan base is still in this honeymoon phase where there's still a glow around Lincoln, Nebraska, and it's a red glow because everybody's got their red on. Scott Frost, hometown boy, returning to make good. I think he has the luxury of saying, you know what, we can have a seven-win season, six-win season, and everybody's still going to be okay. I think and he's got the pressure to win, ready. though. He's the hometown guy coming back, the quarterback, the player. He, gets he doesn't the want to come in and stink. He gets the honeymoon phase. You do. You like you get I think that. You get of. a night, a fun night. <laughs> right. You don't get a week long cruise. You get a night. You get a night, and then maybe a little bit more. Uh, how into are you tennis? Are you a tennis fan? I love tennis. I do too. I think the I U.S. Open fun to watch. Like when everybody day. people add, like we get asked a lot, like what are your 
bucket list of sports events that you want to go watch. I don't think we've ever said it, but I think it probably should be said. Wimbledon? Wimbledon I've been to. Wimbledon's you awesome. Ne- you haven't been in the U.S. Open? I have. That's why I'm saying it's not on my bucket list. I've already done it, but I think it should be on everyone's. It's Wimbledon amazing. Wimbledon, too. I've done the French Open. I've done all of them except Australia, which is kind of weird. i got to get to that one. Um, but Serena's uh, making her attempt at her 24th Grand Slam. She got 23. Goat. There was a lot. Oh, it's not even close. Like, a Goat. lot of these, you can maybe go Joe Montana and Brady. You can maybe make an argument for somebody else. Women's tennis, you can't even make an argument for anybody. Remember <clears throat> Serena's dad, Dick Williams, said when Venus was the big thing, he said, I know you like Venus, but she's got a younger sister. Just you wait. Yep. Before the Hamilton lyrics came out, just you wait. <laughs> right. And it turns out he was right. He was spot on. Uh tennis as a sport, I think is is hurting. And I wish it was I wish it was stronger. I think there's a lack of American superstars. You're seeing Nadal and Federer, they're number one and two on the men's side. They're getting up there in age where they're kind of in their twilight years. Um, you know, tennis needs Serena because she's really the face of the sport in our country. So they need her to play well and need her to be in that final. We need some, we need some Americans on the men's side as well. Uh, because Federer and Nadal are going to go down. Yep. And they got to figure out who's next. Yep. And sure. we thought it was Murray erotic and it's just, we're looking for a superstar. Yep. With personality. Where's McEnroe? Exactly. So I think as a, as Connors. a whole, across, like we've always looked for it in baseball. We're talking about, Hey, give us Mike Trout, give us some more personality. It's across all sports. If you have a personality, it matters. Media's dying for it. Advertisers are dying for it. Like everybody's looking for it. And you don't, like you don't want to coach that. It has to come organically because people can see right through it if it's fake. But man, does it help. You can't be serious. Right? That was, that was the one. Like that, that line was great. is still epic. They're watching tennis waiting for that. If you say that line today, people know what you're to reference. Well, people like our age. Yeah, but we've I, got a uh, full room of producers who, when we no say that, they're saying, "Hey, we only have two minutes left. Stop saying that." What does he mean? You, uh, have you seen Jay Z and Beyonce on tour this year? Uh, no, I totally have it. Well, how could you imagine? I it's an outrage. I guarantee you, all the people that are listening, the producers, had no idea who you can't be serious. They knew about Jay Z. One of the toughest before. things for us running a, a Marlins Park was figuring out: Are we willing to screw up the field for a concert? And if it's going to sell out like Jay-Z and Beyonce, that answer would be yes. Yes. It for sure would. What if it would have wrecked the field? It did. And the players and the manager went crazy because they're worried about getting ground balls that go and hit them in the face or they get by them in the outfield. No true hops. And I'm thinking, hey, we're losing money and we're trying to lose fewer dollars. (laughs) So you know what? Just be quiet. Play the game. We'll switch the grass out and it'll be okay. Did you switch the grass out? Of course we did. So that's what – who paid for it? Because in this – Promoter. The promoter. Bermuda so, Grass. So they were at South Blown Carolina. in from the triangle. They were in Columbia, South Carolina. South Carolina's got their football season kicking off in a couple of weeks. They put on a show, completely wrecked the turf. So they had but to they replaced South Carolina. It. Yeah. Do you know how much it costs? About two hundred grand this is my guess. This one says one hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand. I'm going to guess the is. SEC price is two hundred thousand. <laughs> a little bit. But the UCF price is ninety grand. <laughs> That's right. They know how to do it later. So they actually open up with Coastal Carolina on week one. I think it's crazy how good the turf will probably look. Like they can it's look good, but it'll play soft. It will. It'll play soft, and there'll probably be some chewed up holes on it. It'll take a while for it kind of get that cohesion. Look at it. We're going in like a horticulture class I right now. I love it. See how we do this? Um, and I have really good news for you. Tell me. Because I know you probably feel upset that you missed out on Beyonce and Jay-Z. Crushed. We're actually at, at Hard Rock Stadium on Friday night. So, boom. There, you, There's your weekend Can land. we go Crushed together? Right there. Let's go. I think if, <laughs> Coca just said, our producer just said, you're taking the whole crew. 
So let's go. I'm in. You're we'll in. get on the field. All right. Sounds good. Backup dancers. <laughs> That's right. Get ready. And, uh, hopefully the Dolphins have a plan in place to get new turf in there. Although with the Dolphins, the way they've been playing lately, maybe they're better playing. Not on sure turf matters awful in Miami. turf on there. No, I don't think so. All right. We got to a lot today. The Red Sox, Yankees. Good thing we hit on that one. Thank Make God. Or that we so had that get in conversation trouble. discussed for sure. Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe you'll be back tomorrow. It depends on how Rajah's feeling. We'll see. Raja, get healthy. Get healthy. Thanks, our sixth man right here, David Sampson. Good stuff, as always. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter, at Danny Cannell. That's mine. What's I that? was just at David P. Sampson. <laughs> there you go. It's at Cannell at and Cannell Bell, Bell is the Twitter for the show. I got us all covered. I'm, Self-promoter. I'm, I'm, absolutely.